perhaps part of the gospel is, you know, there's another kind of life available, Zoe life, and it really doesn't have to be this way. And that Christ offers himself to us as a kind of doorway uh, into this life. That was Trevor Hudson, and this is the Things Above podcast. My guest today on the Things Above podcast is Trevor Hudson. Trevor's been a part of the Methodist movement in South Africa for more than 35 years, serving primarily around Johannesburg, South Africa, is deeply committed to the work and ministry of the local congregation. Presently, he works part-time at the Institute for Creative Conversation of Northfield Methodist Church in Benoni, just outside Johannesburg. A significant part of his weekly work is giving the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. And we're going to talk about that today. Trevor's done so much. He's written. He's been a part of the Renovari Institute, the Dallas Willard Center. He's just done amazing stuff. I've known him for quite a long time. And when I think of people who are exude Christ-likeness, who are, who are just Christ-like people, Trevor's in my top five. He is, he is one of those people that when I'm with him, I want to be better. I want to be more like Christ. I could go on and on, and he would not like that. But Trevor, welcome to the Things Above podcast and this Things Above conversation. Uh, thank you, Jim, for that uh, generous word of introduction. And uh, <laughs> it's, an, it's, it's an, a, a real delight and joy to be in conversation with you and with all those who are listening in. Yeah, it, I'm just so glad. And you're going to be at the Apprentice Gathering uh, in September. So we'll get you to come all the way over and be a part of that. And um, Man, we're excited that you're going to be a part of that conference as well. Uh, thank you for that invitation. I've looked at uh, that conference often from afar, as I was saying to you just before we uh, came on to uh, air, as it were, and uh, that invitation came as a gift of grace. Thank you so much. Oh, well, we are honored to have you. It's just fantastic, um, all the work that you've done. I mean, you've been active in so many things in ministry, and certainly our listeners, if they've paid attention to the introduction, know that South Africa has had challenges, but you've been sort of a big part of some of that work. I mean, were you not working alongside, I think, was it Desmond Tutu? Yes. Um, for for a number of years, I worked in the center of uh, Johannesburg, and uh, Desmond Tutu was the dean of the cathedral uh, right next mm. door to Central Methodist Church. And so... Um, we had the joy of being colleagues for a number of years. And when I moved to my own congregation, he was gracious enough to uh, come and do uh, some Bible studies for us. And we also spent a, a night overnight in jail together. So we, his, his, colleagueship, uh, his colleagueship was a massive influence on my own life. Yeah. Well, I like how you just very subtly glossed over he and I spent a night in jail together. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, that's a rather stunning thing. I mean, your life has been just exemplary on so many levels. But as I said in the introduction, I, I just, I love being with you because I love, you know, when I think of those people who are living a very Christ-like existence, um, I said you're in the top five. And of course, Dallas Willard is also in that top five. And, um, you know, this new book you've written, Seeking God, uh, finding Another Kind of Life with St. Ignatius and Dallas Willard, which is, I love on so many levels because 
the Ignatian exercises. I've, I've looked at, I've not studied and, and lived deeply into them, but I've read them and practiced them at a basic level. And of course, Dallas, I mean, I've, I've lived and studied his work forever, feels like. And so it's like you, Ignatius and Dallas, I mean, come on, this is, this is its own kind of trinity. So I thought this book is going to be great. And it really, really is. So the, a question I ask every person I have on the podcast who's written a book is, why did you write this book? You know, Jim, it had its origins um, in a comment which uh, Debbie, um, Debbie's the woman I'm married to. And uh, a number of years ago, I think it was about seven years ago, uh, she said to me, uh, you know, Trevor, I know what the theme of your next book is going to be. And I was really intrigued because she doesn't read my books. She says she doesn't need to read them. Uh, she knows what I'm thinking and feeling. And uh, so I was really interested because uh, uh, it came, came out of the blue. And she said to me, I think, Trevor, you're going to write about seeking because, and these are her words, uh, ever since I've known you, uh, you have been a seeker. And so I, I really need to say thank you to Debbie for planting that thought, you know, in my own heart and mind, I would say about seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, you mentioned that in the book, that um, that that is a central theme of your life is seeking God. And I have that same passion, uh, you know, ever since Jesus kind of gently ambushed my life when I was 18 years old. I've just been seeking as well. So reading the book, it was just um, it, it reaffirming and um, encouraging me in so many levels. I love that you write about Zoe life. Uh, um, say a little bit about that because that, that understanding of Zoe kind of life um, has really been important to me in the last few years. But sure. explain what you mean by that. Right. You know, I've always looked for a... Um, Kind of, I've, I've always, you know, because I've been a pastor for most of my life, kind of, you know, how do I put the availability of the kingdom of God, which is kind of really, you know, theological language, um, how, how do I really, uh, in street language, make that good news available? And I think the key came, you know, I think once I heard Richard Foster speak about the difference between Bios and Zoe and kind of biological, physical, uh, destructible life and Zoe life, um, eternal life, uh, life that's indestructible, that cannot be extinguished, the life that God gives. And I, so looking for a, another way of framing the good news that the kingdom of God is available, for me, I found it really accessible, not only for myself, but for those that I was pastoring, you know, to say to folk, um, there's another kind of life available, Zoe life. It's uh, a life that God gives, and um, it has certain characteristics. And not only is it a life that God gives, but it is also a life for which our own hearts most deeply long. And so Zoe came to me, um, and as you know, it's a Greek word, New Testament, um, just came to me as a, as a gift, a gift word to, to kind of frame the availability, the, the gospel of the availability of the kingdom. 
And as you know, John's gospel is just, you know, throughout John's gospel, there's just this incredible sense of this life that Christ wants to bring. Um, I've come to bring you life in all its fullness, and I'm the resurrection and the life, and etc. So, uh, yeah, that that that's how this word got hold of me, as it were. And uh, I know that in the book I seek in in the early stages to kind of tease out the kind of different strands of that life and how those strands connect with the way we are built and with our deepest longings. Yeah, on so many levels, I, I'm resonating with that. Because what you've done that's so brilliant is you've put together the availability of the kingdom or, or life in the kingdom and Zoe life, that they are the same, that right. the with God life right. uh, is to be born from above right. in John 3. I mean, we translate that born again sometimes sure. in the King James, but... Sure. It's, it's born from above, living in sure. another reality, Dallas sure. would say. Right. So you put those two together. But I, I also love how you're saying, well, let me quote from the book. You say, we really need to grasp this because we have a tragic tendency to regard only those who are outside the Christian faith as seekers. Right. We then assume that once someone gives their life to Christ, their seeking comes to an end. It's exactly the opposite. That's when the quest really begins. Christianity is essentially a seeking faith. I mean, those sentences describe my Christian life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came into my life right. in a very real way. Sure. August 8th, 1980, I can remember it. Sure. it was, I remember when I prayed because I did, yeah. finished Mere Christianity and I sure. read through the Gospels that summer. And I thought, this Jesus might be real. Oh, and mm-hmm. so I gave my life to Christ in this prayer and things began to change. Right. And some would say, well, they were coincidences that you, know, you, you prayed and this happened. Was it just happenstance or something? But my life started changing and right. that seeking has never stopped. So sure. I just want you to know that I'm happy to be the poster child for this book. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you're uh, wanting that, I don't uh, think you are. <laughs> but, uh, thank you, Jim. Um, yeah. yeah, but talk about that a little bit, that we, we tend to think that, oh, well, yeah, I mean, sure. they're saved, so they're no longer seeking, but right. really, that's when it begins. Right. You know, I think I really need to um, acknowledge a word of gratitude here to Dallas, to Dallas Willard. I think what he did within the context just of our own contact over the years and friendship and conversations was, you know, I, I shared with him my, my own sense of, uh, and I, for a long time, I kind of sort of as a little bit of as a as a lack in my own life a constant sense of uh, discontent or restlessness or searching and um, I think he helped me to um, to just accept that about myself as the way that God had put me together and then um, and then in, in a letter to me, which I think I put into the book where he said, yeah. you know, don't, just one, here's a word of advice. Don't go looking, in your seeking, don't go looking for experiences of God. Um, g- seek God, and as you seek God, whatever experiences that you need, and they'll be unique to your life, um, that those will come along Um as as you see God. So I think he, on the one hand, just affirmed, I think, my own seeking heart. And 
that heart still seeks today in many ways a deeper life with God within the context of my own country. And and um, I think he just affirmed that and then also just helped me not to fall into the experience trap, um, which I think can become a trap when we uh, consciously are seeking experiences, um, which I think in the long run is not helpful. Yeah, I was blown away when you quoted that letter from uh, it was May second, nineteen ninety five. Right. Um, you, I mean, you put that in the book, and yeah, that that I mean, I love that what he said to you. I encourage you to seek the face of the Lord constantly. <laughs> right. I just love his his the way he would write these things, <laughs> with the knowledge that experiences will come along, right? Because they will, right? But that but they're not the focus, right? I also I'm just looking at that same page and another thing I loved was you said of, of both Ignatius Loyola and Dallas, they had much in common. Both were convinced that invisible things like the Trinity, the kingdom of God, and the soul are as real as the coffee and toast that we have for breakfast. Right. That's such a, such a great sentence, Trevor. I love it. Well, I think that's but why, I, I think that's why those two folk, you know, obviously speak to my life because it speaks to a deep longing in, in, in that direction. Yeah. And, and you talked about that. I spent a lot of time studying um, Adrian von Kamm. I don't know if you've read. I noticed uh, that you, in your very special book about the good and beautiful you. Now, can I be your poster child, Jim? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. No, it's just, I I just, it was so lovely to see um, von Kamm kind of make his appearance. And, but I've, I've interrupted you and. No, well, one of the things that really stood out to me about about von Kama is that he he talks about these dimensions of of our soul, and there is this transcendent dimension is the word he uses, right. which is the longing for the more than. Right. And I love how he puts it that way because mm-hmm. that helps someone who's like not really sure where they are with God, or even if they believe in God, but they they do recognize I have this longing for something right. more. Sure. And it's a misplaced longing if it's, if it's not for God, von Kahn would say. But that's, that's essentially what you're saying in, in the book is that right. this seeking thing is the longing for the more than. It's right. the transcendent longing right. for something bigger right. than us. And yeah. I, right. And I think, yeah. that's, you know, I think that, you know, that the book is about our seeking God, but there's a little bit of a play on words. God is also the seeking God. And yeah. and God seeks us. I, I I do believe this very deeply. Perhaps I could say I know this that God seeks us with that longing, that God, that kind of God shaped longing in our own hearts for that something more. Um, and and it's that longing I think that that is the. Uh, how do I put this? The, I don't know, the fuel of our seeking. Um, and I once had a spiritual director, and she was a beautiful, beautiful sister, um, much older than me. And she once said to me, Trevor, uh, stay close to your longing. Your longing is your bus ticket home. And uh, I've never forgotten those words. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, St. Ignatius. I'm, I know that our listeners... <laughs> are familiar with Dallas Willard because Dallas gets sure. quoted probably every podcast. I <laughs> okay. if, if someone is keeping track, there's like, yep, there's the Dallas Willard reference. Yeah. Um, but Ignatius probably not as well known. Sure. 
Um, say a little bit about who he was sure. and, uh, and what his life was. There are many ways of introducing him. I, I, I like to kind of introduce him as a, as a seeker after God, a 15th century um, Catholic who through a series of events, which I won't go into now, but kind of really sought to, and to use uh, Ignatius's own verbs, really sought to know and to love and to follow Christ. And I think his great gift to us is that in his own seeking journey, which really does look crazy at times, but I think that's par for the course when we start seeking. We do look a little crazy at times. I think his great gift to us is that in his um, semi-autobiography, he he gives us a the story of his own seeking. And it's out of the story of his own seeking, and as he reflected on his own experiences of seeking that he put together which what we could call this manual for Christ-likeness, curriculum for Christ-likeness, called mm. the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius. And so the exercises themselves, you know, were not put together in a, in a study, uh, but they arose out of a deep reflection by Ignatius upon his own, upon his own uh, seeking after Christ. Um, and I think their own genius has been uh, proved by the fact that, you know, centuries later, they still seem to speak with a, a remarkable relevance uh, to our own seeking lives. And so I don't think it's for me a surprise that Dallas in, I think, Divine Conspiracy, I think he says something to the effect of that the exercises of St. Ignatius if suitably adapted, uh, one of the best um, you know, curricula that he knows for our own growth right. in discipleship. It's very powerful, and, in, and it's still being used, still transforming lives. Here we are, what, 500 years later or something? Right, I mean, it's, right. It's, it's stunning. Um, I was particularly struck by, uh, you, you mentioned about Andrew Garfield, the, the actor. Right. And I had heard this story, but I, I, I dug a little deeper when you shared about it, but uh, you reference an article uh, whose title was Andrew Garfield played a Jesuit in the movie Silence, right. but he didn't expect to fall in <laughs> love with Jesus. Uh, share about that story. Some may know him. I mean, he was Spider-Man. He's been right. nominated for Academy Awards. He's an amazing actor, right. but he, he played this mm. role in, in the movie in, Silence in where he was, a, he was a Which Jesuit is, priest, right? right? And I think when he knew that he was going to play that part, um, he felt that he needed to do what Jesuits do. <laughs> and Jesuits, as, as you know, and your readers may know, that uh, listeners may know, you know, they do the exercises usually within their lifespan uh, three times. And uh, so he thought he would need to do them at least once. And um, he asked uh, Father James Martin, who's a well-known writer, um, in your country to take him through the exercises. And that article, uh, which is an interview with him, just gives us a glimpse um, of this very secular uh, actor, you know, working within the world of entertainment and filming, somehow through the exercises, uh, you used the word earlier, ambush, uh, 
kind of Jesus ambushes him and <laughs> and he and to use Andrew Garfield's own words, he, he falls in love with Christ. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I, I mean, yeah, you quote, the quote is, I have it in front of me, that there were so many things, this is Andrew Garfield saying, there were so many things in the exercises that changed me and transformed me that showed me who I was and where I believed God wants me to be. What was really easy was falling in love with this person, mm. was falling in love with Jesus. That was the most surprising thing. Mm. I mean, I, and it, it reminds me of so many things Dallas would say about God's the most joyous being in the universe, and if you, and, and things like if you just got to know God, you would love God, and um, to to look at the face of Jesus is to is to fall in love with God, and that I mean, I, I love that story on so many levels. Mm. It's just fantastic. And the exercises do, you know, they have a, a I think, a very powerful way of drawing people beyond a thinking relationship uh, with Christ into much more of an interactive relationship. And so the exercises are really designed, you know, to bring people into uh, an interaction with, uh, with Christ. You know, you keep company with Jesus in the Gospels for a large part of the exercises. And I think what happened to... Um, to Andrews is exactly what you've said, that as he got to know Jesus um, in and through the Gospels, there was a sense of coming to know him, he came to love him. And that, that's just been my experience, is even people who are pretty hardened and say, I'm mad at the church, or I don't like God, or whatever, if you ask them, what do you think about Jesus? Quite often they'll say, well, he's great. <laughs> sure. It's pretty hard not to. Sure. Somehow, as uh, what a was it Einstein who said the the luminous Nazarene sure, just comes way. off the page? Beautiful. You know, mm. if you read the Gospels, he he's a hard character not to right. love. Mm. Uh, just it, it's it's amazing that that's true. But let me jump ahead to another a phrase in the book that you you uh, do a lot with, and I'd, I'd like you to explain it to those who are listening. But the phrase is, "It doesn't have to be this way." Right. Talk about what, that phrase, how that came to you, and what it's meant to you. Right, right. You know, it's not my phrase. It, it really came to me uh, just through a, a recovering alcoholic friend of mine I met with for lunch for, over, I don't know, for how long, 20-odd years. And as you know, recovering alcoholics uh, have uh, wonderful stories. Uh, mm. And he would just tell me story after story of his, uh, both his drinking days and his days of recovery. But he... He, he just told me this one story, you know, of um, going to visit a, a couple where obviously uh, alcohol had really sabotaged the whole home in terms of uh, addiction. And he just didn't know what to say to this couple as he sat down in the kitchen. And he just said to me, you know, Trevor, this little phrase came to my mind. The one thing he could say to them was, it doesn't have to be this way. And, I, and when he told me that story, I just, for me, that phrase, there's a hopefulness about it, that somehow in every aspect of our life, particularly in those areas of real, um, perhaps our own attachments, our own addictive behavior, perhaps part of the gospel is, you know, there's another kind of life available, Zoe life, and it really doesn't have to be this way. And that Christ, you know, offers himself to us as a, a kind of doorway uh, into this life. 
So mm. that phrase, I just feel, is just filled with so much um, possibility uh, and potential. And for me, it speaks at, as I was just at so many levels, personal, relational, church, community, country. So for me, it has a relevance that is multidimensional. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about how when Jesus encounters people in, in the Gospels, that, that dynamic is happening, whether it's the right. Samaritan woman at the well. Sure. She has a certain kind of sure. life. And he's, he, he doesn't say it that way, but he's saying it doesn't have to be this way. And when he encounters Zacchaeus and he's living the way he's living and um, he's able to say, hey, Zacchaeus, it doesn't have to be this way. I mean, I, I don't know that he actually said that phrase sure. at dinner with Zacchaeus, sure. but we do know that both of them, the woman at the well and Zacchaeus, they both said, I'm going to be different. Like life can be different. Right. And that is that Zoe right kind of life right and you know on this podcast a lot i talk about the gospel because dallas so often talked about you know what is what was jesus good news and um i i love how you you say under under a, a subheading of a, of a section in chapter two about god's good news you said how would you headline the good news mm -hmm. that jesus announced and then you write recently i asked several people that question here are the top five responses i received our sins have been forgiven. We can have peace with God. We're accepted as we are. We're loved by God. We will go to heaven when we die. Then you write, now, each of these headlines certainly rates as good news. There's much truth in all of them, but they're simply not true enough. The good news announced by Jesus is much bigger, much fuller, and much, much better. I highlighted and put stars all around that. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. I think we, uh, and maybe I do it as, I certainly do it myself at times, have reduced, you know, have just reduced this wonderful gospel that uh, speaks to every dimension of our life um, with hope and possibility. And then we tend sometimes to reduce it um, to one uh, wonderful dimension. Um, of that, um, of that Zoe life. Each of those uh, responses that I've received, as I, as I say in the book, really are true, and they are, they are beautiful one-liners and are ingredients of a much, much bigger gospel. And, um, and, and for me, as I understand the message of Jesus, this big gospel <laughs> is this... Um, is this invitation uh, into the life that God gives at all dimensions of our being. Yes, at all dimensions. Because as you say, those, those things like our sins have been forgiven, we have peace, we're loved, we'll, we'll go to heaven. We, that's true. That's great. <laughs> but it's not the whole gospel. Sure. I mean, the whole gospel is bigger than that. It includes all of those sure. things. But it's, it's, it's bigger. And, and that's what I love. Because if... And going back to that statement, uh, it doesn't have to be this way. What what you're saying is because another kind of life is available. Sure, sure. And, and then you write, this is the stunning offer that lies at the heart of Jesus' message about the kingdom of God coming near. So I, I like, I just put those together. Hey, it doesn't have to be this way because another kind of life is available. Right. right. And that's the, the answer to that first, 
The first one is like just stating a, a fact and giving hope. Right. And then the second one, sure. here's, yeah. here's the reason for that. Sure. Uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, thank oh, you for good. that connection and link. And I certainly would want to affirm it deeply. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I teach on this with, with my students uh, at the college. I'll, I'll often ask them, you know, okay, what is the gospel? And I'll hear some variation of getting our sins forgiven, something maybe about we're supposed to make the world better. Um, sure. But Dallas would call that the gospel on the left, right? That we've got a social justice. But almost never do I hear you get to live in the kingdom of God now, and Jesus will be your your present professor, I'd like to say. Sure. He's, he's, you're his student now. And that's that. So it's inclusive of every of everything, right? It's, it's yes, my sins are forgiven. Hallelujah, praise God. Yes, God loves me. I know it now. Yes, I'm going to go to heaven. Right. So they're all there, but it's just it's just bigger. And um, I love that your book is doing that. It's it's showing us that. So good. Is that your dog I hear in the background? You know, it's we. Let me give you the backstory. We we are <laughs> without electricity in South Africa for about ten what? hours every day. So um, where I live, there is an outage. So I had to I had to find a place where there's electricity. So I've been traveling around, and I found my friend in, who lives in another uh, another part of the town, and he seems to have a dog outside, and uh, <laughs> and he's become part of the um, part of the podcast. I wish I could introduce yes. him by name, but I can't. You don't know the dog's name. Yes. Well, I, I I thought he was barking with a South African accent. Oh. So. <laughs> oh, goodness. That is great. So, wow. So that I'm even more impressed. You've had to like travel around to do this podcast today. You've had to find a place where there's power. Where there's power. Right. There must be <laughs> a, maybe that's must a, be metaphor a preacher in story in that. It must be. Yes. He, he went to where he found the power. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Well, Trevor, this book is is fantastic. And of course, I'm grateful that uh, you're bringing more of Dallas to, to more people. I mean, I think there's a lot of us now that are um, continuing to do that work. You know, I, I know you're on that list of the, of the people that Dallas, because I'm on that list too. I've seen the list when he, he wrote about, you know, the, the folks that he had invested in who are out there doing that work. And he, he thought of that, of course, when he was living. You know that story, right? I do, yes. Yeah, isn't that touching? It is so, pretty, um, profoundly touching. Oh, I mean, I found that out at his funeral. I didn't, I, w- I was a pallbearer at his funeral, and Jane said, his wife, would you like to come back to the house? And I did, and she said, have you ever seen this, the list of our, uh, that Dallas had by his computer about the our boys and girls who are out there, the ones that they have prayed for and invested in that are doing the work and, and your name is there, my name is there. And it's like, wow, I'm honored to be on that list and and honored to still be doing that because he was, I don't even know how to put what he was, but um, people will be reading him for a long time. And so, yeah. Um, So I'm grateful for that and grateful that for probably some Protestants, you're you're introducing uh, St. Ignatius to them as well, who may not know much about that. So what, what is your hope for the book? Can I ask that? Or is that, mm. that's a strange question for an author, but what, what is your hope for the book? I, I think if you were to push me for a, a, um, a response to that, I think my deepest hope, Jim, is that 
it draws people beyond, as it were, information or inspiration in their relationship with God, but that it draws them into a friendship with God, a following of Christ that is that is deeply interactive. I think that would be my deepest hope for, for the book, and that somehow it may find its way uh, into those uh, longing hearts. Um, for uh, I think earlier you quoted um, uh, Van Krom, just Van Krom in terms of that's that that just that longing for the transcend the transcendent, the something more, the more mm-hmm. than, and that somehow someone who picks up this book with that longing will find um, will just find some some guidance uh, for their searching. Well, you, you, have, you have done it and inspired that in me as I was reading it, and I know it will for many, many other people. I do have to ask about our, our dear mutual friend, Tom Smith. Have you seen Tom lately? Uh, I had a, a prego roll with him on Monday at lunchtime. Okay, now that's something Americans, a what? A prego roll, which is a Portuguese roll with, with delightful Portuguese roll with, with some beef and some spicy sauce. Okay, is and that's a South African thing. It's it you know there's a, a strong Portuguese uh, influence in South Africa and oh, okay. um, and uh, a prego roll you'll see on quite a few menus. It's kind of the divine love made edible. Okay, <laughs> that's so good. Well, if you see him again, give him my regards. I'll I do love that. Tom. I'll do that. So proud of him and the work he's done and. The two of you have done great work. Well, and he keeps well. telling me that he's trying to get you to come to South Africa. I would love to. I would love to. That would be a, a real um, honor for me to do that. So ho- hopefully that will happen. And so he's been to the, the Apprentice Gathering. He's spoken. Now you'll be there. So that'll be our second South African coming well, to the Apprentice Gathering. That's a real privilege. Thanks for it's that. It's wonderful. Jim. Well, you are a blessing, my friend. And this book, again, is so good. And I'm excited for people to, to get it, go out and get Seeking God, Finding Another Kind of Life with St. Ignatius and Dallas Willard by Trevor Hudson. Thank you, friend, for your time. And thank you for finding power <laughs> to, be, to be here today. Uh, thanks, and Jim. I can't wait to see you face to face in September. Looking forward to that. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Trevor Hudson. He is truly a wonderful person. I mean, that guy is deep in the kingdom. And I hope you check out his new book, Seeking God, Finding Another Kind of Life with St. Ignatius and Dallas Willard. It's a great book. And looking forward to having Trevor at the Apprentice Gathering, September 2023. Hey folks, I want to let you know about a recent development here at Friends University where I teach. We have an undergraduate degree program in Christian Spiritual Formation a Bachelor of Arts degree that's both a first and a second major. Now, I teach in this program, as well as some other amazing professors, and I am pleased to announce that Friends University is offering an amazing scholarship of up to $18,000 per year to students interested in studying Christian formation as a part of their college experience. In addition to this amazing scholarship, there'll be hands-on learning with ministry leaders, working with me and others, and great opportunities for internships. Again, this is for both a first major, those who plan on going into ministry, 
as well as those seeking it as a second major, meaning those who are going to become accountants or therapists or graphic designers or teachers or engineers, any number of other vocations, but they also want to grow in their spiritual lives while in college and get a pretty big scholarship to help pay for college. So if you know someone who would benefit from a degree like this, check out our website, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. Again, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>